0: Chapter One of Why We Love Lincoln. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by John Brandon. Why We Love Lincoln by James Creelman. Chapter One While our great battleship fleet thundered peace and friendship to the world as it moved from sea to sea stinging pens and voices in one country after another answered that america had suddenly passed from blustering youth to cynical old age and that the harmless effrontery of our nationality in the past was not to be confounded with the cold-brained organized money-worshipping greed of the new generation of americans meanwhile in all parts of the american continent Preparations were being made to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the birth of Abraham Lincoln, the humblest, simplest, and plainest of our national leaders, whose name no American can utter without emotion. We think of Washington with pride, of Jefferson and Madison with intellectual reverence, and of Jackson and Grant with grateful consciousness of their strength. But the memory of Lincoln, even now, so many years after his piteous death, stirs the tenderest love of the nation, thrills it with a sense of intimate relationship to his greatness and awakens a personal affection in the average American's breast. Not a mere political enthusiasm, but a peculiarly heartfelt sentiment that has no parallel in human history. If it be true that the nation has at once become old, that it has grown sinister and corrupt, that it cringes before material success, stands in awe of multi-millionaires and prostrates itself before money. Why is it that we love Lincoln? If in the pride of wealth and strength we have forgotten our early Republican ideals of simple justice and manhood, how is it that the movement to commemorate the birth of this lowly, clumsy, backwoodsman and frontier lawyer turned president, a movement begun in the rich cities of New York and Chicago, instantly spread to the remotest villages, and all that seemed ugly and haggard, with all that seemed brave and fair and true, swarmed together, heart naked, to make that twelfth day of February an unforgettable event. Arches and statues, flower-strewn streets with endless processions, moving ceremonies in thousands of schools and colleges, multitudes kneeling in churches, other multitudes listening to orators, warships and fortresses roaring out salutes. Yet these were the mere externals of Lincoln Day. The average American does not shout when he hears Lincoln's name. Even the political demagogue, the stock gambler, the captain of industry, I, the sorriest scarecrow of a yellow journalist, is likely to grow silent and reverential when the word is spoken. With all our national levity, we do not jest about Lincoln. With all our political divisions, every party today reveres his memory and claims his spirit. It is sober truth to say that he struck the noblest, highest, holiest note in the inmost native soul of the American people. There is nothing so arrogant or sodden and sordid, in the new paganism which has set its altars in Wall Street, but will in some sense uncover and kneel at the sound of his name. Our fleet in its voyage around the world found no record of such a man in any of the lands of its visitations. Each nation, each epoch, each race has its hero, but there is none like Lincoln, Alexander, Caesar, Napoleon, Cromwell, How cold their glory seems to his! How immeasurably smaller their place in the affections of mankind! And while America is getting ready to honor Lincoln, none might pretend to understand his people, who had not first discovered what it is in his character, and in ours, that even in this day of restless commercialism makes us love him above comparison in the story of the world's great men. Love him for his poverty, for his simplicity, for his humanity, for his fidelity, for his justice, for his plainness, for his life, and for his death. By sheer force of character, conscience-inspired, Abraham Lincoln rose from abject depths of squalid environment, to become the most august figure in American history, and perhaps the most significant and lovable personality in the annals of mankind. In his amazing emergence to greatness from poverty and ignorance is to be found a supreme demonstration and justification of American institutions. It was the common people who recognized the nobility and majesty of this singular man. He understood that always, and even in his days of power, when great battles were fought at the knot of his head, and a whisk of his pen set a whole race free, it kept him humble. Perhaps the profoundly tender love which the American people have for his memory is to be explained by the fact that in the secret recesses where every man communes with the highest, bravest, and most unselfish elements of his own nature, the average American is an Abraham Lincoln to himself. The power to recognize is not so far removed from the power to be recognized, and is thrillingly significant, after all these dreary years of babble about the omnipotence of money, that the same people who raised Lincoln from penniless obscurity to his place of power and martyrdom still cherish his name and example, with a depth of devotion that increases with each year of national growth, confusing and confounding the learned foreign cities of the Republic, who miss the finest thing in American civilization when they fail to learn why we love Lincoln. End of chapter 1